The Mindspo Podcast. What do you see with your mind's eye? Welcome back. Let's elevate. Roll your shoulders up and back. Unclench your jaw. Elongate your spine as you take a deep breath in. And now, exhale. Now take your mind to that person, place, or thing that you have gratitude for and start to feel into the joy available to you at all times. Elevate into a higher vibration as we expand together and dive into this conversation. Welcome to the Mindspo podcast. I'm your host, Rochelle Fox, and you are tuning in for an Inside of the Mind episode this week with a very special guest, an old friend of mine, model, influencer, and fellow podcaster, Ashton Wood. Now, I actually recorded this episode in person with Ashton during my trip to London, where she currently lives, and I am so happy that I got to bring this conversation to you on the podcast because it is relatable AF. So a little backstory on Ashton and why I wanted to get her on the podcast. She is someone that quit her nine to five job with no savings a few years back to follow her big dreams of working in the creative online space. Since that decision, she has gone for her dreams and she has built a personal brand with over 400,000 followers on Instagram, a growing YouTube community, and she's launched the Common Chaos podcast with our mutual friend, Cardia Milan. She's one of those people that is going out there and living their own definition of a big life. And in this chat, we uncovered so much. I got Ashton to dive into the advice that she would give to her younger self. I got a lowdown on her go-to routines and rituals. We explored the art of what she calls intentional drinking and how to navigate peer pressure when trying to drink less while in the event space. She also shared how Cardia and her started the Common Chaos podcast and how they navigate the ups and downs of being in business as best friends. And my personal favorite part of this whole conversation was going into Ashton's current mindset and reflections now that she is about to turn 30 and how she's navigating the peer pressure and the societal expectations that come with that new era and that age. This episode is filled with Ashton's relatable, actionable, and expansive advice. She's someone who just doesn't take her life too seriously, which I love, and I know her attitudes and insights will inspire you, so let's get into it. My girl, I am so happy to be here with you today. Two Aussies in London. We're taking over. We are. It's been so long since I've seen you. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even remember the last time. I know. It's been like an absolute minute. Yeah. And I, you have gone on such a journey since we last connected. And I'm so excited just to dive into your story today and just kind of go through some like moments that got you to where you are right now, because mm. it's been a journey and mm. one that I think is so inspiring to so many people out there that want to take big risks, that want to just go for it, because mm. you are going for it (laughs) (laughs) moving across the world doing all the things I want to go all the way back in time Mm -hmm. the first time we ever met each other Mm -hmm. was in Bali 2018 yes it was in Bali you were on a Bali trip I was renting this little villa Cardia who is our mutual friend and I taught Cardia meditation god so many years ago now Cardia messaged me and Cardia's like I have nowhere to stay tonight (laughs) We need to go somewhere. I'm with my friend Ashton. Can I come stay at your villa? That's when I met you. And I want to go back to then, like 2018. Like there were some big things that were happening in your life that Mm -hmm. have kind of gotten you to where you are right now. Mm -hmm. Can you talk back to that time, that trip, what was going on? And I guess just the start of what I feel is like the journey that you've now been kind of just steamrolling on for years now. Yeah, that's exactly it. That was the start of a big life decision I made and it was in Bali probably either a day before a day after I met you probably I was working a nine-to-five job and Cardia was basically like what are you doing and I was like I have bills to pay like I don't have any savings I can't just I can't quit my job and do what you're doing I would love to and she's like no you can and I was like I can't she's like you can. <laughs> and she's like, we're going to figure it out. And I was like, okay. So I literally resigned from my job over email when I was in Bali and decided to jump straight into doing influencing and social media with zero savings. <laughs> and 
yeah, on that trip, I did a big manifestation walk along the beach with carts and we did a lot of visualization. And the next day I got a contract come through from Maybelline for 12 months. It was like, I think it was only like $6,000 or something, which was, or maybe it was $12,000, which was incredible to me at the time. I was like, oh my God, that's half of what like my income that I'm making now. It's wild. <laughs> so I was like, yes, this is meant to be. And then, yeah, I that was the start of kind of taking that big leap out of a nine to five into this, the creative world, the unsteady, unstable creative world. Yeah. And what would you like going back right now? Like that was obviously a time where you were so fearful and mm. unsure and just like, what is going on? And you had Cardia there. Yeah. <laughs> who is the ultimate cheerleader to just go, fuck it, let's go yeah. for it. <laughs> but what would you say like now looking back to yourself, like if you could go back in time mm. and talk to yourself back then, what would you say to someone that is like literally thinking of just quitting their job, going for their dreams and doing it without really a plan, without the savings, without <laughs> a safety net? What would you say to yourself? I would say just do what Nike does and just do it. Like you can't, you can't think about it too much because your brain is automatically going to go to the negative. It's going to go into survival mode and it's going to come up with every reason why you shouldn't do it. So I think the less I thought about it logically, because you're never going to be able to make sense of it logically. It's such a huge risk. Like how am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to do this? And obviously you need to pay your bills. I'm not saying that, you know, just give up everything and just hope for the best. You do need to have some sort of plan in place. But I think believing in yourself, having someone that can kind of remind you of what you bring to the table, because even if you believe in yourself, I think the moment someone else goes, you can do this, it's like, like it just gives you that extra boost that you need. And just that reassurance that, okay, well, if I feel like I can do this and someone else feels like I can do this, then I can do this. So yeah, just taking a risk, getting a plan put in place, really, really putting yourself out there. I wasn't going to take no for an answer with things. I started outreaching and just doing everything I could to get work. So yeah. And what would like, when you think about outreaching and just going for your dreams and just like putting yourself out there, was Mm -hmm. that really scary to start off with? Yeah. I felt really, I feel really uncomfortable asking people for things Mm -hmm. in general so to then message brands with only at the time I think I had like 30,000 followers I felt so entitled in a yucky way I was like hi let's work together I just felt so disqualified Mm. so I think just trying to put that aside and switch into more of a business brain rather than just like my natural empathetic people-pleasing brain was a big thing for me. Yeah. I love that. I think that's such good advice because it's like you felt the feeling, you felt the ickiness, you Mm. felt the discomfort, but you just did it anyway. Yeah. And I feel like that's such a huge thing for life. Like we can feel all those feelings and they're valid, Mm. but that shouldn't stop us from taking the action. That's why I feel like fake it till you make it is kind of valid for a a small section. Like don't be inauthentic, but sometimes you have to fake the confidence and fake the qualifications Mm. obviously not if you're like a nurse or a doctor don't (laughs) fake them (laughs) but like in this kind of world I feel like you yeah you kind of have to fake it till you make it for Mm. sure love that yeah it's great advice honestly (laughs) because I I feel like that's one thing that we hear so often Mm. but we do really need to hear that like no 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 like you've got to like back yourself yeah because if you don't back yourself then who else is going to back yourself you can learn on the go it's nothing that requires you to get a university degree or anything like that. Like if you just, yeah, believe in yourself and put in the hard work, you can pretty much do anything. Yeah. And we're living in this age where anything is possible and it's yeah. just so incredible. So you. If you want to live your life with more intention and take action to manifest those big goals, then check out Manifesty in the App Store. Manifesty is Mindspo's manifestation and meditation app that we built to give you the tools that you need to create the life that you've been dreaming of. With Manifesty, you can make your own vision board movie, which is a vision board come to life. Just combine images with powerful affirmations and high vibe music all within the app to create a movie that you can use to program your subconscious mind every single day. Manifesty also includes a library of visualizations and meditations to help you lower your anxiety, grow your self-love, boost gratitude, and visualize your version of success. You can even schedule custom push notifications with positive affirmations to remind yourself of the life that you want all day long. 
Keep your mind on track and watch how fast you manifest. If you're guilty of looking at your phone first thing in the morning, you don't need to stop. Just open Manifesty and kickstart your vibration in the right direction. Download Manifesty now in the App Store and create your reality with clarity. did that you mm. took the leap you mm. started this kind of influencer world and you were you know getting out there you're working with brands mm. you're shooting for yourself you're modeling mm. there's so many things that you've done mm. and then somehow you ended up starting a podcast yeah talk to me a little bit about this so I was going through a breakup at the time oh, we, we love a yeah. breakup for a catalyst of starting a podcast they just really <laughs> rock your world to the point where you make some decisions that can really benefit your life because you're just like I want to feel different. I want to, whether that's changing your look, changing your hair, changing your career, changing your wardrobe, whatever it is, like it just really does something to your life in a good way. So yeah, I love breakups, been through many. (laughs) We're going to get into those. (laughs) So um, it came about because Cardia actually got an offer from Spotify Mm -hmm. to do a podcast with a co-host that they were kind of suggesting for her. They were like, we really want you to do it with like maybe this person or this person. And she was like, look, I'd rather do it by myself, but they weren't really having that. So they were like, no, we really want you to have a podcast. And she was in my house having the meeting with Spotify and she looked at me and she goes, do you want to be my podcast host? And I was like, wow, yeah. She's like, okay, guys, I'm actually with my best friend Ashton right now. Would you be open to her being my co-host? And they were like, yep, love that. Perfect. And she's like, all right, let's do it. And I'm like, let's do it. Because I wanted to start a podcast myself. I used to listen to Rob Dial, the yes. mindset mentor, and he really motivated me to want to start my own. And I just, when you're doing something by yourself, it's so much harder to find the motivation and to just actually do it. Mm. So having someone to do it with has really helped. <laughs> yeah. So your, tell us a little bit about your podcast. What's it called? It's called Common Chaos. Yeah. And what do you guys discuss? Oh, pretty much how to navigate the chaos in your life. Mm. So self-empowerment, we touch on spirituality, we touch on breathwork, manifestation, we touch on dating because yeah. let's be honest, relationships are like love is one of the biggest things that is consuming our life. Mm-hmm. And we don't just touch on relationships between, you know, your partner and yourself. We also touch on relationships between your friends and yourself and I'm trying to think of what else. Astrology. I know that for sure. Astrology <laughs> and mental health. <laughs> Cardi is on the podcast and yeah. she's always dropping in the astrology yeah. bombs, which I love. She's like, right now we're in Mercury retrograde or right now there's so many solar <laughs> storms happening. And I'm like, it's true. It's fucking true. What would you say? So you've kind of been on this journey of quitting a job, starting new things, just you've been going for it Mm. and you are now nearing the end of your 20s yeah you're about to step into your 30s which is so exciting your Mm. life is just beginning yeah but if you could look back at your 20s what would you title like if it was a book if your 20s (laughs) was a book what would you title that book well I feel like my 20s I was very naive and like, like carefree and I didn't really think about things too much before doing them which I don't regret because I feel like I I just sat in the doing. I didn't Mm. sit in the thinking. So, yeah, I just feel like I created a lot of like chaotic memories and just lived a very carefree lifestyle, very just like free spirited lifestyle. So I would say carefree chaos. Carefree chaos. I love that. (laughs) What would you say to someone that wanted to like go and do similar things to you? So they're like wanting to quit their job. They're wanting to start a podcast. They're wanting to be more carefree. Is there anything that you've done that you feel like has kind of helped you get to that kind of carefree energy? I feel like once you make one decision like that, you just keep wanting to make more because you see that on the other side of fear, there's so much greatness. So it's like fear becomes almost like an addiction. In a way, mm. instead of like being paralyzed by it, yeah, you almost you almost chase it. Mm. It's it's strange because you just know that like, well, it's either for the plot or something great's gonna come for it. You know, <laughs> just doing it for the plot. Yeah, always. Because at the end of the day, I I love storytelling. I love be, being able to tell crazy stories to my family, my friends, and hopefully one day my kids. And yeah, life's about. It's just one big story. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of doing it for the plot, you mentioned that you've been through a few breakups yeah. and you've been in and out of relationships in your 20s. If you were giving advice to someone that has just gone through some serious heartbreak and mm. they're like, how am I going to get back on this horse, so yeah. to speak? 
<laughs> how are we going to get back on the market? Like, how am I going to put myself out there again? How have you continued to pick yourself up and just kind of keep going and, and trusting in love? I think it's all about perspective. So you could look at it and go, oh, I'm so hurt. I never want to feel this pain again. I'm just going to shut off and I don't want to, I'm just going to turn bitter. But what people don't realize is when you're shutting off the bad, you're also shutting off the good. I think when you're sitting in pain, realize how beautiful it is that you can feel that deeply because if you're going to feel pain that deeply, you can feel love that deeply. So I think that's a really beautiful thing because some people go through life maybe never falling in love, never having a big love. So you kind of have to switch your perspective on it. And I think you have to be very gentle on yourself in those first few months because a lot of people try and do, come on, have a drink, just get back out there. Like they want to kind of fast track because I don't think a lot of people know how to navigate other people's pain, let alone their own. So I think taking the time for yourself so that you don't have any like background noise, you can just process it without, because as well, a lot of people will talk shit on your partner, your ex-partner, which I get if they've done something bad, that's, I can see where they're coming from, but it doesn't actually help make you feel better because then you're kind of like, well, I've just spent five years with this person. So have you like felt like this about him the whole time? Or you kind of then feel like a little bit silly for being with someone who could treat you like that. If people are just really going, screw him, he's that, he's this, and like putting him down or her down. That's just me personally. Anyway, I just like to take time to process it myself and just realize it's not linear. Healing is not linear. It's yeah, it's it, you can you could go three months feeling great and then one thing could happen, you feel like you're back tracked two steps. Yeah. So speaking of healing, you've been pretty open online about your own journey with mental health. And I'd love you just to talk a little bit about like how have you healed through mm. the hard moments that you've been through like in your 20s? <laughs> what have been the modalities and the things that have helped you, you know, kind of maintain and, and keep going? Cause you know, looking at the things that you've been through and then now where you are, like you you're resilient. Mm. You're 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 going <laughs> for it. So what are the things that really ground you? I think the things that ground me, especially through any sort of hard times, journaling 100% because I use it as a reflection tool to see how far I've come because sometimes when you are in the whirlwind of healing or whirlwind of chaos, you can get a little bit lost in where you are. So being able to reflect on, okay, wait, two weeks ago I was crying every single day. I was feeling like this to now actually, I don't actually feel like that anymore. Mm. So you kind of need that comparison to give you that confidence to keep going forward. And I like video recorded myself after my breakup, like crying and like speaking. It was almost like a video journal. Yeah, I stopped it after like one day because I was like, that's embarrassing. It really did help me realize when I watched it back, I was like, oh, you're being so, dr not being dramatic, but like, wow, you really can really move through emotions much quicker than you realize because yeah. sometimes you can feel stuck in it for so long. Yeah. I really love your tip of like looking back. I think that's something I haven't done enough of in my mm. life to see like where I've been and where mm. I'm at and just yeah. to understand our strength. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Because sometimes it's not until you're way, way down the track when you think back to like a year ago and you're like, oh, wow, I forgot I went through that. But it's it's such a great tool to be able to have in the moment of going through it to be able to like kind of compare each week by week. Yeah. I want to talk about moving countries. Yeah. Something that you've done. We are in London right yeah. now. You're an Aussie girl, just yeah. like me. And you've made this like super brave decision to mm. move abroad, pack up and just sort of start a, a new life and continue yeah. to work and live. And you've done it with your best mate. Mm. How has that been for you? And like, what has that whole journey been like? I was mentally prepared well I thought I was mentally prepared for the weather I, I was like obviously knew that London was a very gloomy rainy place but I didn't realize how much it would impact me mm. mentally so the first six months of adjusting was I, I honestly didn't do anything for weeks I remember not leaving the house for some days sometimes and I didn't want to see anyone I just had zero I, I was freaking myself out. I'm like, what have I done? I was having mental breakdowns every day. I wasn't sleeping. I was isolating myself, like I said. So I think I needed to do that though, mm. just to, that was just my adjustment period. I went back home actually for Christmas and then I came back and I, I, my whole perspective changed because I think going back home is beautiful. And as much as I love back home, it felt like nothing 
had changed, mm. which is so nice, but also a nice reminder of why I left because I wanted a new experience. I wanted to meet new people, see new places and just do something completely out of my comfort zone. So I think, yeah, having that trip back home really solidified my decision to come here. Yeah. And yeah, now I, I love it a lot more, but the gloomy rainy days definitely still get me down. I just know how to manage it now. I'm like, okay, you just got to get on with your life, get an umbrella, still can walk to the gym, still can cook your healthy meals, still do everything you love. You just can't go for a walk in the sun outside. <laughs> and you've done this move with your friend, mm. Cardia, who's a mutual friend of ours. Yeah. You guys have had like such a beautiful friendship. Like I feel like I saw the start of your friendship yeah. and you guys have really stayed with each other through lots of different seasons and ups and downs and challenges. Yeah. How have you guys really kind of nurtured and grown that friendship even throughout hardships? Like what advice would you give? Uh, I mean, it's very cliche, but communication is key. Yeah. And that's so easy to say, but I think how you communicate is key. Ooh, okay. Because turf, tone, and timing mm-hmm. is everything. So picking the right time to to have a conversation about something that could be bothering you in the friendship, mm-hmm. not doing it in front of people and like putting them down or doing it in a place where it's not suitable. Like you need to create a safe space for that conversation. So I always begin with like, Hey, I literally say, Hey, I just want to create a safe space to talk about some things. Are you able to, are you there mentally? Like, do you have enough mental capacity to do that? And mm-hmm. she'll be like, Yes, of course. And like, usually we're, if we're both off, it's like one of us waiting to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. You need to come from a place of love instead of sitting down with someone and having your armor up and ready to fight. Mm-hmm. Be vulnerable and go, I'm here and I want to have this conversation because I love you and because I value our friendship. When I'm saying how, you're making me feel or how your actions are affecting me. Anyone can easily walk away. People give up on love all the time. That's Mm. the easy option. But sitting down and having those conversations because you love them, I feel like that's where resolutions come Mm. from love always. At the end of the day, Cardia and I are basically in a relationship. (laughs) What do you guys call each other on your podcast? Sue Sue and Lou. Lou. Whenever I hear this, I'm just like, guys, it's so Australian. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, Sue and Lou, that came from my dog's nickname. It's so random. I think as well, like we, we will be really good for a while and then we'll hit a wall again and Mm -hmm. we'll realize we have another challenge. And it might be the same challenge from last time, but Mm. it's almost like sometimes you can fall back into old ways or you need to remind each other like, hey, it really upsets me when you do that or whatever it is. Mm. But I think not running away when things get hard in any sort of relationship or friendship, like unless it's getting really toxic or something. Mm. But yeah, if it's the love worth fighting for, then- it, it takes work. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of people have this advice, which is like, you know, don't go into business with your friends yeah. or don't go into business with your family. I'm not a big believer in that necessarily. Mm. I'm in business with my partner mm. and I have been in business with friends before. Some have gone great. Some of them have gone as well. What would you say to something like that? I think if your vision and what you're doing is bigger than what your friendship is, which that can kind of sound bad, but we both had this vision and we both want to like do something with this vision and mm-hmm. help people. That is so much bigger than just us. And we really trusted that we can get through. We've got, we've gone through quite a few humps mm-hmm. in our friendship. We've been friends for like eight years. So we're like, we feel kind of like unbreakable in that sense. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, we're kind of on the same page in terms of business. We're not money driven. We're not greedy. We're not selfish or anything like that so I feel like we've always been able to really balance the friendship and and business Mm -hmm. we're not very I don't know if this sounds bad but we're not very business savvy we have a lot of other people doing that so we just kind of do like the things that we love in the business so it kind of takes off that we both we yeah I don't know if that makes sense. No, it does. It takes yeah. off the pressure. Yeah. I feel like what you're, you're, what, what is coming to me is that you have values that are aligned. Yes. Yeah. You guys have core values that are aligned yeah. and that's why it's working. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, when for me, whenever I've had to go into business with anyone or do anything, the values have to be aligned. Yeah. You have to have the same values. You have to have the same mission and the same vision. Yes. And that's, that's exactly what you guys it. have. You have a very similar vision, very yeah. similar values, and yeah. then that falls into the mission. And then it's like, baby, we can make this work. Yeah. Because the whole thing is just bigger than us yeah exactly and we already do so much together so we're like why not do something that we can make a career out of as well on the side of 
our side careers. I don't know. I don't know what comes first at the moment, but yeah, we just thought, why not? Yeah. And when you when you think about like moving abroad and doing something like this, you've probably felt pretty homesick. Yeah. That's been something you've had to navigate. Yeah. For someone that wants to go do something like this and just like, you know, do that gap year or just like try a different reality and just live that big life mm. and do it for the plot, as yeah. you would say, what would advice would you give when those feelings of homesickness and quitting and wanting to stop come up? Because I think you've been very vulnerable that this chapter in London has not been easy for mm. you. And mm-hmm. I think for most Australians, like coming to London as beautiful and epic as it is, there are just like some cultural differences, especially you're from the Gold Coast. Yeah. <laughs> like, bitch, you are from quintessential Australian postcard, everyone's dream. Like, Paradise. Like, literally Rainbow Bay, like where I used to yeah. live. Like, it is stunning there. Yeah. So I really do feel into how you would feel homesick. Mm. How have you navigated that? Like, what advice would you say? I think you just have to keep reminding yourself why you chose this in the first place or why you're wanting to do it in the first place. And for me, I knew that leaving my life in Australia would be hard. It's it's a great life there. Very, very easy and beautiful. And I've got my family around, but I was not feeling fulfilled in this other part of my life, which I knew if I didn't do, I was going to regret. Mm-hmm. So I'm more fearful of regret than fear, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, perfect sense. <laughs> I never want to wish that I didn't do something. Yeah. Yeah. So just doing it for the plot constantly. Yeah. Be Be driven by regret, not fear. Love that. Yeah. And when you think about like what's next, does making a big decision like that make every other decision moving forward a lot easier? Yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely. Because you get the, you reap the rewards. Even though people who follow me on Instagram probably think I hate London because I am very vulnerable about it. I don't hate it. I'm just very open with my experience and my emotions. I just share the waves of the feelings. But from the outside, a lot of people like, well, why do you live in London if you hate it so much? And I was like, not once have I said I hate it. I've just said, wow, lately I've really been struggling with being away from my family or I've really been struggling with feeling like energized because of the weather. But yeah, I think at the end of the day, I wouldn't be here if the good didn't outweigh the bad. So you're nearing the end of your 20s, which is so exciting, by the way. I can tell that you're a little bit anxious about it. But honestly, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, this is where like life begins. Yeah. You've obviously gone through such a, yeah, such a journey in the time that's just been. What would you say are like your three top like aha moments or lessons and blessings that Mm. happened as a result of your 20s? Oh, good question. I think Risk-taking definitely is one of my – like every risk that I've taken, I've it's always made sense at mm-hmm. some point going, okay, this is why this is why I listen to my intuition because I think a lot of people think they need to go with societal, societal norms. norms yeah. yeah. So I think going against the grain has been something that I've always been passionate about. I hated feeling in school like I had to do this and you're not allowed to talk. Like I've just always felt – different to the program of life yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like the the, the the normies yeah yeah like the program like the I guess kind of like the societal expectations yeah so listening to your intuition is like your best friend that's there for a reason so I think yeah trusting that if you feel like you've got a greater life than the one that you're sitting in then do everything you can to to make that happen mm. because it will happen don't be fearful of love. Like I know that a lot of people in their 20s think that they need to be single or they need to, once again, societal pressures of, no, like you shouldn't find love. You should just go be single and be free or whatever it is. For me, like I've always been such a lover and even though I spent a lot of my 20s in relationships, I learned so much in them that I feel mm. like now coming into my 30s, I know exactly what I want and I'm very clear on the man that I want to attract into my life. Mm, Love that. I think the third one would probably be don't play a victim, Mm. like victim mentality. Like I felt like I sat in that a lot when in my early 20s and I was like, poor me, like I had a bad relationship with my dad and I didn't get love from him and I this and I, like whatever it was that I was victimizing myself in, the moment that I broke out of that victimizing mentality, everything changes. Like you then are in control of your own life. When everything's in your control, then you feel empowered, Mm -hmm. I guess. So it's just like, 
yeah, I don't know, you then become responsible for your own life, which therefore creates like momentum to make better decisions and to take control over things that you probably didn't think you had control over because you were sitting in the victim mentality. Yeah, I think that's something I really relate to. Like in my 20s, there was so much feeling the victim Mm. and feeling small and feeling like I wasn't the creator of my reality and feeling that constriction. And I do feel like there is like a point in our lives that when we step out of that victim mentality, we decide, no, I am the conscious creator of my reality. Yes, I can do this. That's when everything opens up. That's when everything changes. And it's like this night and day thing, which is wild because it's just like, for me, I don't know about you, but for me, that was like a flip of a switch. And then it was like before that and after that, and my life just unfolded in such a different way. Yeah. You're just like, how was I thinking like that before like no wonder why I was like capped you know Mm. on my my own life in my own head yeah something I love about you is you have like little habits and routines that you do for example you love a matcha and there's all these little things that you do you're obviously an influencer but if you could go back in time and if someone was listening to this if you could like influence your past self Mm. to make three changes in your life or Mm. three habits or three shifts what would that be have a morning routine, mm-hmm. number one, like whether that's – it doesn't have to be extensive. Like it could literally be two or three things that just make you feel like you've got a routine every day that's familiar and reoccurring. So, yeah, for me, it's making matcha. It's honestly sitting and having my big glass of water as soon as I wake up and I'm just kind of sitting there practicing gratitude and just like having a moment of stillness, that is the most important thing of my morning. That's what I find helps elevate my day Mm -hmm. and then the third is honestly writing my to-do list (laughs) I should be doing that the night before but I do it in the the day of because I just it's fresh in my brain I can just see exactly what my days but love that yeah something else you spoke about recently on your podcast was intentional drinking and I really love this you were talking about it in a recent episode and you were talking about how you and carts have kind of like slowed down from drinking so much and you still do drink and Mm -hmm. go out there but I would really love you to talk about intentional drinking as someone that is out at events and parties and has probably kind of got that peer pressure Mm. or that societal urge to drink. What is intentional drinking for you and what does that look like? So for me, it's kind of picking and choosing my battles. It's going, I know that I could be invited to three or four social things this week and Mm -hmm. all of them, everyone's going to want me to drink at, but what one do I want to drink at and why do I want to drink? I've started asking myself, why do I want to drink at this? Do I feel like I'm going to have a better time? Do I feel like I I need to do it to like fit in and please everyone else? Like I, I start like questioning, being curious is the best thing you can mm-hmm. do about anything in your life. So for me, it's more like I try and have once a month now where I'm kind of having more than like five drinks and mm-hmm. that's classified as like a bigger night to me purely because – I don't know if it's because I'm getting older, but my nervous system can't handle hangovers anymore. And I genuinely don't think I have more fun when I drink and I genuinely feel so crap the next day. Like the up is not worth the down. Mm. I heard the other day that alcohol only gives you a high for a roughly 20 minutes and then after that it like plateaus. Mm-hmm. So it's like I believe it. you're drinking all of that for a 20-minute high to then feel shit for 24 to even 72 hours. Like mm-hmm. it just doesn't make sense to me anymore. Yeah, I love that. What's your advice for someone that like when they're out, they're feeling that pressure? Because I think that's – you are in an environment where Mm. there is so much pressure to drink. Like you are still going out on the social scene. You're working at – you're getting out there. And a lot of people ask me this question and I'm just like, I just – like I'm kind of not – putting myself in those spaces so much, but you're in those spaces. What advice would you give to someone that is maybe trying to have a sober lifestyle, trying to cut back on their drinking? Like, how do you navigate that? It's hard. I'm not going to lie. I have caved many times where I'm like, I'm not going to have a drink. And I end up having one or two, which is fine. It's not that bad, but still I had the intention to not drink beforehand. So I do feel disappointed in myself afterwards. If you feel like you can't put yourself in a social situation yet where you aren't going to cave, then probably remove yourself. Mm -hmm. But also see it as practice. I like to just make sure that I have a soda water in my hand with ice and lemon, or maybe it's a Diet Coke, whatever you want, a non-alcoholic drink. Having a non-alcoholic drink in your hand quietens everyone else. It's crazy because they're getting so drunk. They don't even realize that you're not drinking, Mm. but they're they're looking at it thinking, okay, cool. She's on our level. The minute I have like a soda and lime is the minute that everyone just is like, oh yeah, she's getting drunk. Or being very stern. Like in the beginning, someone's like, oh, have a drink and be like, no, I'm not drinking. They're like, no, come on. No, 
I'm not drinking. Please don't ask again. It's going to annoy me. Like kind of just having to be stern with it. And they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Love that. (laughs) When you think about like your routine and like your day-to-day things that you're doing, you mentioned like matcha, waking up in the morning, your list. You're pretty healthy going Mm. out, like active person. Mm. I heard you say on your podcast recently that you want to be that grandma at 80 (laughs) that's like kicking it (laughs) in her like outfit, you know, going for it while still having her almond croissant and a latte. What are your like kind of like go-to things that like kind of keep you healthy and feeling your best, like no matter where you are? I think my number one thing is cook at home as much as you can. Mm -hmm. As soon as I start eating out, I honestly, if it's too too much information. I notice it in my bowels. I'm like, my stomach does not feel good when Mm. I'm eating out every day. So I think being able to eat at home as much as possible, you actually get some sort of like, I don't know what chemical gets released, but I feel so good when I've made a meal at home. I just get this overwhelming accomplishment. I'm like, you go girl, you're healthy. You feel better. I don't know if it's like placebo effect, but I genuinely think eating at home is like my number one key to staying healthy. Mm -hmm. Eating like a balanced diet, not restricting yourself because Mm -hmm. I feel like the moment you start putting restrictions on, you're then going to want to rebel against that. Well, that's just me anyway. And just honestly having that balance of moving your body and eating healthy. Like you don't need to be on a crazy diet. You don't need to be doing anything but what feels good for you. And that's different to everyone. So like trial and error with what, yeah, is your healthy lifestyle and your healthy balance Mm -hmm. because- it's different for everyone. I love that. And continuing to have like a healthy balance moving forward into your 30s. Mm. I want to ask, what do you see this like next decade as? Like <sighs> what, are, what are you calling in? It's weird because I feel like with age, you get to an age and you don't feel different than you did before. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard to like try and be like, okay, stepping into this new like era, I want to be this. <sighs> but I think what I wish for myself is to release the pressure that I've got on myself right now. Mm-hmm. Right now I just have so much pressure to make sure that I find the right person and my ovaries. Like everyone keeps being like, once you get to 34, it's classified as not healthy egg anymore. I don't know the right scientific terminology, but I'm like, oh my God, like when you really think into all of that, you're just, wow, okay, I've got four years until my eggs aren't classified as good eggs anymore, which means I need to find someone within the next couple of years because I want to have at least a couple of years of just us before we create a family and then I spiral. I'm Mm. like, oh my God, I'm running behind. But I have to keep reminding myself, I'm always on time for my own life. You're Mm. always on time for your own life. Like everyone's journey is different. You cannot compare because I could compare myself to someone who's got a husband and kids in a house and they could be so depressed and hate their life. Mm. I have to remind myself I love my life. Mm. Like I actually love it so much. So why am I so stressed about things that I feel like is going to make my life better when I already love it regardless? So I just trust in timing. I've always trusted in timing. So yeah. Yeah. I think there's like such a fear of becoming 30. It's such a huge thing that I feel so many women go through. It's like this freak out and like you are literally about to become 30 and I've been listening to your conversations and stuff and I I feel into that. Backtrack, I I turned 30 during the pandemic and it was a really, really depressing time. I wanted to have a, I wanted to have a big 30th and I never did and I don't think I actually ever celebrated the age because I felt like that time was like a time of isolation Mm. and it made it really, really heavy and I think that so many people are going through the exact thing that you are right now where they're like worried about it or they feel this like pressure Mm. I guess the thing that I want to say to you is that like my life has only gotten better Mm. the older that I am and age is literally just a number it means absolutely nothing like honestly I could not give a flying about anyone's age I just don't think it has any kind of rhyme or reason sure there are certain things that it does Mm. for but like generally it doesn't mean anything it's and how you feel in your head is so much more important in yeah. your head and your heart and your body yeah. than what it says on a piece paper. of paper. Yeah. What like do you feel different now at the age like coming 30? Did you think that you would be in a different place? Is that where the fear comes from? Yeah. 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 What I, did, what did what did you think that 30s is gonna look like? I love finding this out because what is it about us as women? I exercising. I used to think when I was in high school, I used to think at 26. Yeah. 26, babe. I thought married. at 26, married, yeah. three kids, yeah, yeah. picket white yeah. fence, husband. I was like, 
what the fuck was I thinking? 26. You know why though? Because our parents' generation and their parents' generation, thats that was the norm. Yeah. So we're just basing it off what we have grown up to see. Mm-hmm. But our generation is so different. I think we've just really broken those <laughs> that that pattern, that timeline. Yeah. I was the same. I was 18 and I thought I'm going to be engaged by 23 to my boyfriend at the time. I'm going to be married by 26, first kid by 27, yada, yada, yada. But I have none of that, which is like crazy. I don't even have a car anymore. I sold my car. I don't have anything to my name really. So it's quite funny how I've ended up the complete opposite and I've never been maternal. Mm. I know I want kids, but I've never been maternal. So I think getting to this age and going, okay, like why am I not maternal? When are these feelings going to kick in? But I am single. Mm-hmm. And I have been for two years now, so it makes sense why I'm not feeling maternal. But yeah, that's that's kind of where I thought I would be, and this is where I'm at. But mm. I'm I'm happy. I think because I have a lot of younger friends, I forget that I'm this old, mm. <laughs> which I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing. All of my friends are between 24 and 27, I would say. So those three to five years are kind of like enough chunk to be like, oh, crap, am I behind? Is everyone going to like, should I be like, you know, because I hear them talking about, oh, no, I don't want to like get married till I'm 30. I'm like, well, shit, (laughs) I'm 30 and I'm not even close to it. So I don't know. It's just reminding myself again that I'm exactly where I need to be. You are. You Mm. are exactly where you need to be. What would you say like success looks for you now like stepping into this next decade what would you like success to look like for you or even just feel like yeah I like to go on a feeling because for me I've never been material driven or money driven success to me is being able to provide for my family I just want to like make their life better because I know my mom's given up so much to dedicate herself and her life to help us get to where we are her daughters so I just want to be able to feel that free feeling to like provide my family a good life and then my mom and my sister as well Mm. and yeah success is honestly just freedom I just want the freedom to be able to travel to be able to live comfortably I don't I'm not like a very high maintenance person so I think I just want to feel happy in what I'm doing and be able to give back to the people that have meant the most to me yeah so nice yeah and when you think about like your journey with spirituality I'd love to go into that a little yeah. bit you did a Q&A the other day and you mentioned on your Instagram stories that you know you have a connection with a higher power mm. and you are a spiritual person I'd love mm. you to open up about like what does that look like to you for you what is yeah. your connection and like how do you kind of feel about spirituality where you're at with that I've had two spiritual experiences that I hold close to me and they can be a little contradicting in maybe the spiritual world because I feel like I do have a little bit of Christianity upbringing through high school and my past relationship who I was with for five years he was Christian and his whole family so I feel like that had a bit of an influence on me but I also grew up with my mum who isn't religious at all Mm -hmm. who's just very much into astrology and just like a higher power and just manifestation Mm. and meditating and all of that. So yeah, I don't know. I tap into both sources and it's weird. I kind of, whenever I say prayers, I say to the universe, angels and God, Mm. I kind of cover all of them because I believe that they're all out there working in conjunction with each other. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I I think my, my spiritual journey kind of started unconsciously or sorry, subconsciously. Subconsciously. (laughs) Yeah. Subconsciously when I was younger with mom, she like Grew up working at Camp Eden. She was very spiritual, walked on hot rocks, was always just affirmation cards. Like even to this day, she's so cute. She sends her affirmation card every day in our family chat. She's like, today's one, girls. Like she's just so amazing like that and has always been very much like believe in yourself and you can do anything you put your mind to. So she was also into crystals and what's the pendulum? Yeah, pendulums. Yeah. yeah. So I grew up with that, but I always looked at mum and was like, oh, you're so cuckoo. Like, you're so weird. But then when I met Karts, that's when that was the kind of first person I had met mm. who was really into all of the spiritual stuff. And I was like, wait a minute, I know about all of this. He's a great person to get someone out of the spiritual closet, <laughs> yeah. I will say. I think, yeah. you know, it's actually funny, like, to be honest with you, Cardia was the first person to ever really talk about astrology to me. Really? And I've always been like, you know, 
quite spiritual and, and, and tapped in and yeah. well, since I started meditating and that's when I met Cardia. But I had no understanding of astrology or really? the stars or eclipses. And then Cardia would be like messaging me being like, oh, doll, it's just an eclipse happening. <laughs> I'd be like, what is with Cardia and like these eclipses <laughs> and this star stuff? And I was so blind to it all. Yeah. But yeah, she's a great person to get you out of the spiritual closet. She is. She, at a very young age, had a lot of knowledge on the spirit world. Mm. She's not from here. But yeah, she was kind of like my catalyst into spirituality. And then I think when I was going through a really hard time in 2020, I yeah turned to Christianity for a little bit there. I started going to church by myself and mm-hmm. felt this overwhelming like feeling of support and love from mm. God, I guess, and the the community there and- I think like if you believe in something bigger than you, no matter what it is, as long as it's making your life better and you a better person, then I don't think anyone should be worrying about what it is exactly that they're believing in, in my opinion. I think that it's so beautiful the way that you're describing that you don't really have a label mm. on what it is that you're connecting to, yeah. but it's it can be many things. It's like angels, God, universe, spirit, yeah. it's whatever it is, it's spiritually here, non-binary. Here. <laughs> No, but I think that I think that's beautiful mm. because I think sometimes we get so stuck into like what is it, wanting to name it, wanting yeah. to label it, wanting to define it. And what you're really talking about is your connection is an energy. Yeah. And yeah, you're yeah. feeling into an energy and that's the connection yeah. that you're experiencing. Mm-hmm. And that energy doesn't have to make sense to anyone other than you. Like at the end of the day, we're believing in anything that doesn't isn't tangible anyway like we're all believing in something that we've never seen Mm. so I think we need to just relax on the labels and just be happy that people are being able to release their stress and worries onto something else than themselves Mm. when you think about someone that follows you online and they're looking at your life Mm. and all of the amazing crazy (laughs) chaos and beautiful things that you're doing but maybe they are wanting to step into a life like this make some big decisions what would you say to them you kind of have to it comes with sacrifice Mm -hmm. so I sacrificed saving up for a house having nice material belongings don't get me wrong I obviously have you know, an iPhone and I have a camera and I have clothes, but I've never spent my money on expensive clothes. I've never spent my money on material things. Basically I've spent all of my money on traveling and experiences Mm -hmm. because as soon as I did it once or twice, I was like, Oh, this gives me so much more than any material thing could give me. Mm -hmm. I grew up with my dad having nice things and I've seen how miserable he is and can be respectfully and I'm just that's why I've been so icked by money and material because I'm like I know it doesn't buy happiness Mm. I'm probably very irresponsible with my money Mm. I'm not good at saving I don't have enough money to buy a house but I have something that means so much more to me Mm. so I think it's about weighing up what's important to you is buying a house in your 20s important to you or is traveling and experiencing whatever it is more important to you yeah What would you say is important to you? Experiencing as much as I can while I don't have any commitments. Mm. I've probably got commitment issues (laughs) to like, like anything in life. Like I feel like I don't want to, like I don't want to buy a house. I don't want to be like stuck to that. I don't want to be locked down. I don't know. It's just, it's never been, it's never been appealing to me. So I think just really being honest with yourself and looking at someone's life and going, do I want that? Like, obviously it looks great online. My life looks amazing online, but behind closed doors, I do have moments of people being like, oh, don't you want to buy a house? Or like, don't you want to like have some sort of home or whatever it is that they're kind of projecting onto me? But I'm happy with my life. I'm happy with where I am. Got my business, got my bestie, got my family got life experiences. So that's what's important to me. So good. I think to close out, I'd love to talk about going into your Mm thirties and, you know, going into this next chapter, like we talked about, Yeah. what do you feel you would want to call your thirties? If you could give it a name and call it something, (laughs) if twenties is chaos and, you know, beautiful things unfolding, what was the exact name of twenties that we gave it? It was carefree chaos. Okay. So (laughs) if your twenties were carefree chaos, What are we calling your 30s? The first thing that came to mind as a joke is 30 flirty and crying. (laughs) 
<laughs> I love it though. <laughs> because my friend Brennan, he commented that on my post when I was talking about turning 30. And you know the movie, how like the saying is like 30, flirty and thriving. Yeah. I would say it would be 30, flirty and thriving. Mm-hmm. I feel like 30s is a time to probably thrive the most. You've probably got the most amount of money, the most amount of wisdom, the most amount of life experience. I feel like it's such a time where you really do understand yourself now and you understand other people and you just know what you want so I feel like that yeah that's what everyone tells me anyway that's what everyone's that's what I'm expecting my 30s to be is just knowing what I want and feeling just a little bit more secure in myself amazing I've really enjoyed this conversation I think that it's so cool to see your journey over the time that I've known you and just like how you have just kept going for it I think that is one thing that I just love like through love through relationships through business through you know just starting over against like literally starting from ground zero on a career and just trusting it you've just kept going for it and it just sounds like that's what you're going to keep doing and I think that is like the definition of enjoying existence because Mm. we're here for a short time not a long time and at the end of the day we're all going to die and no one's going to remember us and no matter what impact we have we just need to enjoy the time that we're here and yeah just exist and make the most out of the time we're here and it sounds like that's exactly what you're doing well life's supposed to be fun like obviously it's got its ebbs and flows but at the end of the day like we are just big kids inside adult bodies so I think just keeping that inner child happy and alive is like the best thing you can do the older you get so well said yeah I hope to see you again on the podcast. Thank Thank you you. so much for chatting. Guys, if you want to hear more from this lovely lady, I'm going to have all of her details in the show notes. You can go and check out her podcast, Instagram, (laughs) all of that stuff. Is there anything that you want to mention at the end for them to check out? Yeah, the podcast and Instagram, that's bang on. Yeah, what is your Instagram handle? It's Ashton Wood, just my name. And the podcast is underscore common chaos. Amazing. Thank you so much. And I hope to see you again soon. Bye, honey. See ya. Thank you for joining me for this episode. You can discover more from Mindspo on Instagram and TikTok by following at Mindspo and myself at Rochelle underscore Fox. If this episode inspired you, then please pass it on and share the love. And if you're new to our world and you want to elevate your mind and step into your best self, then be sure to download our app Manifesty from the App Store and take advantage of the free trial. With Manifesty, you can create your own vision board movies, practice powerful meditations and set affirmation reminders so your phone supports your journey towards that abundant vision of your future. And lastly, always remember, you create your own reality. So go and make some magic.